Hey, good morning. It's good to see you today. Happy Labor Day weekend, holiday weekend. Um, it's a weekend where people grill, people go out of town, people do all types of stuff. I hope you're getting to enjoy some of that, catch up on yard work, whatever the case may be. Uh, two things I want to let you know about really quick. Um, first off, next week, to everyone's uh, excitement, the cafe will be back open like normal. And... Um, Thank you for showing uh, those individuals that faithfully serve in that, uh, in that ministry just a little bit of grace, and uh, I know they've been getting some things ready, so excited to see them back next Sunday. Also, we, last week we had 21 people uh, sign up for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge, and if you're one of those 21, I'm going to thank you, and uh, I mean, just we're going to do all that we can to encourage you and to challenge you and to walk with you through that, but thank you for honoring God in that way and making that decision. I know it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy decision, but um, man, God's going to be faithful to walk with you through that. Let me just say this to start off. We're starting a brand new series today, and I'm not a big fan of starting a series on a holiday weekend. It's not great because usually attendance is a little less and people are moving around, and, but we're starting one today, and it's, I would say, incredibly important for all of us that are here. And it's called Different, and what we're going to do over these next six to seven weeks, is we're going to walk through the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5. Now Jesus, and you're going to be really familiar with these statements and with these things. When Jesus spoke them, we're going to walk through them and just unpack for a little bit. What do they mean? How do they affect us? How do we live that out in our lives? But I, I just want to say this. Um, your life can change with Jesus. I mean, it can be different. In fact, it should be different. Our lives should look different. Our lives should act different. How we relate to people should be different. Your life can change with Jesus. And, and here's, here's, here's the quote I just want you to see. Change is not only possible, but is actually expected if God is in the middle of it. If God is in the middle of your life, if God is in the middle of my life, our lives should look different and our lives should be changing. We're not perfect. We don't have everything together all the time. We make mistakes. We fall. We fail. There's grace. There's forgiveness. But we should be coming the person that God wants us to be, the person that he died for us to be. That change is not only possible, that you can get past that habit, you can work on your relationship, you can handle your finances in a biblical way, you can be an incredible witness to your neighbors, to your workplace, to wherever you're at. It's not only possible, but it's expected when we allow God to be in the middle of it. And that's what these uh, Beatitudes are all about, and we're going to unpack them together through this series. And if you miss a week, you can always go to um, HopeChurchGolfCoast.com and uh, listen to past messages if you miss a week. But today we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to spend probably the next 20 minutes or so and I'm going to kind of set up the series, and we're going to kind of just get a foundation for where we're going to go. And then in the last uh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to unpack the very first beatitude together. Um, I, I love what Jesus said. One of his first words in his ministry is he told people this. He said, repent and be baptized. And when we think of repentance, what do we think of sometimes? We think of, God, I'm sorry, Right? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have acted that way, I shouldn't have had that attitude, I shouldn't have been there, I shouldn't have done that, whatever. We, we think of I'm sorry, but you know what, repentance actually means change. The, the, the word actually that's used there means change, it means, hey, I, I'm going to be different 
I'm not going to go back to the same sin over and over and over and over and over again. And I, I'll be honest with you. Listen, I know this to be true because I'm human and I've walked with people for a number of years as a pastor. Sometimes there's just some things that we just battle and struggle with all the time. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's our words. Maybe it's a certain sin or certain issue and addiction. I mean, but change can happen in your life and in my life if we will just lean into Jesus and follow his words and be obedient with that. And we understand that. Let me just play it out. And, and I'm going to let you fill in these blanks that you're going to see on the screen. The if I ever's, right? If I ever blank again, I would, because we have regrets sometimes in life, don't we? If I ever go to Disney World again, I will eat more churros. Who would say that, right? Or if I, if I ever get married again, I'm going to treat my spouse in this way because I didn't experience it in my first marriage. Or if, if I ever have any more kids, I would parent a little bit different than maybe I did with my own kids. I would do some things differently. If I, if I ever um, made that decision again, I, I would handle it in a different way. If I could ever make that investment, we can just we can go down into the weeds with this stuff. If I ever blank again, I would. Our lives should be different. And, and that's just the bottom line. Our lives should look different. And you can see the graphic that, that Diane put together with that red chair that's just standing out in the middle of that sea of that auditorium. And that's what our lives as followers of Jesus should look like. Should we be weird? No. Should we be different? Yes. Should our lives look different? Should our lives look different from our neighbors that don't know Jesus? Absolutely. And um, so let's be committed to being different and if there's some things in our life that we need to change, let's allow God to change those. And so um, any Hobby Lobby fans out there, you love Hobby Lobby, um, I, I, I make a strategic decision not to walk into Hobby Lobby with my wife. Um, it's a strategic decision, but I have before. We've been, been there before, and she said, okay, hey, I gotta, it's a sneak attack. And says, I got to run into Hobby Lobby, okay, let's go. And, and so we go into Hobby Lobby, and she's good. She doesn't, we won't spend hours in there. But one of the things that, that I, I remember about the last time I was in Hobby Lobby, and I don't know why it struck me this way, but the Beatitudes are all over that store. Like you see signage for them, you see them in little displays, you see them in little things that they have. They're, they're all over that store, and I've never noticed that in another store before. And so I want to give you this quote. That was just a little commentary. I want to give you a quote. And it says this, disciples or genuine followers of Jesus have a distinct profile over and against the world. They admit they are poor in spirit. We're going to talk about that today. They admit they're poor in spirit. They are peacemakers and merciful. They communicate their difference from the world and shine as witnesses in a dark world. Dr. Thomas Schreiner, he's a professor of theology and has written some books but I want to focus just on that last sentence there because there's two things I think speak really truly to how we live our lives as followers of Jesus. They communicate their difference from the world by what we say, by how we act, by what we do. And here's the second part of it. We shine as witnesses in a dark world. Who would agree with me that we're living in a dark world? And I mean, I think it just is. You just look at... Uh, unrest in different countries. You look at all that happens even in our own country. You see all these things. We are living in a dark world, but when it's really, really dark, light shines bright, doesn't it? It, it, it can make a difference. So as followers of Jesus, that's what our lives should be about. 
we get it wrong in these two areas all the time. And, and I, I'll put myself at the, at the top of the list. It's so easy to just kind of fall back into how we should live. And we live like just how we're just kind of accustomed to. And we just kind of go with the flow. Um, one of the things that I've started to enjoy doing as I've gotten a little older is um, documentaries. Any documentary fans out there? I, li I like watching documentaries. I like, I like reading. I like looking at companies and seeing what they're doing and innovation. Um, so let me just ask this question. There's a little company called Netflix. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, did, was anyone a part of Netflix when they would mail you DVDs to watch? Some of you are like, they did that? Yes, they did. When they first came out, that, that's, that was how they did it. It was a service, and you would pick, hey, I can get three DVDs a month or five or whatever the number was, and they would, you'd pick them out from their online catalog, and they'd mail them to you, and you'd watch them, and you'd send them back. Well, Netflix obviously has gone from that to a, now they are producing movies that are getting critically acclaimed. Not all of them are very good, but, but they, they've gone from handing out movies to making movies and making hundreds of millions of dollars. And so I, I, was, I was reading about Netflix, just their process and what they do. And they have this thing that, that they call sunshining. Now, this is what happens in, in the Netflix world. And this is going to make sense to you as we look back in the scripture here in a minute. In, in Net, Netflix, when something really works, they put out a movie, they put out a show, they change their services. When something really works, they do this. They applaud, they cheer, they celebrate, they're excited about it. But when something fails, when something just does not go the way that they wanted it to, they thought this new innovation would work. They thought this new technology would work. They thought this new programming would work. This series was going to be great. This movie was going to be awesome. And it flops. What do they do with that? Well, they do what they, they've termed sunshining. And what they do, they shine a light in all different angles and all different ways to find out what went wrong. Where were they missing the mark with this technology, with this service, with this programming? And so they look at all the different angles to see what went wrong. I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, we would be good to do that in our lives. When we're not following in the way that we know God wants us to, in the way that Jesus commanded us to, do we, we just sometimes need to take a step back and look and see why some things aren't working the way that we want it to. And that goes against kind of how we're wired. Because we're, we're wired to think of, of following Jesus this way. And I'll use the word moralism. This is where people stumble. It's this path to Jesus through our own efforts. That if we'll work hard, if we'll be better, if we'll try harder, if we'll go to church more, if we'll find a place to serve, if we'll get into a small group, if we'll do all, check all these boxes, we will win God's approval. And it really becomes a barrier rather than a path to Jesus. Because God doesn't love us and accept us and pour grace and mercy and forgiveness into our lives because we're better people, right? He does it because he loves us, even in the midst of our sin. And in fact, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Jesus chose to die for us. When I was at my worst, Jesus still said, yeah, I'm hopping on the cross to pay for Kevin's sin. When you were at your worst, at your lowest point, 
He looked at you in the same way because he loves you. He has a plan for your life and he cares about you. He says, I'm going to pay the penalty for their sins. I love what Psalm 1611 says. It says this. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. How many in here today would say, I have a hard time finding joy sometimes in life? Because of my circumstances, because of my situation, because of my struggle, because of where I'm at and, and what I'm doing. I, I just want to maybe put this thought out to you. Um, who we are becoming in the midst of the crisis we are experiencing is incredibly important to Jesus. And it matters to God. Because it's not so much changing our behavior. No, that, that happens, but that's the process of who we're becoming, who God is shaping and molding and working our lives to be, how we are following him. Sometimes we have to reset the pace and the tempo to get our lives back on track. I was watching a, a show a while back on ER doctors that sometimes have to, when someone comes in with some, in trauma with their heart, the best thing that they can do, and I can't explain it. We have medical people in here, so I'm not going to try. Um, and my parents were both in the medical field. I'm not going to try because I'll mess it up. And they'll listen to this and they'll correct me later. Anyway, um, they wouldn't, they, my dad might just shoot off an email to me. But anyway, <laughs> in a loving way, he'd say, hey, you got that wrong, Kev. And, he, and he's, he's right. But someone will come in with, with with heart issues, and, and the, the heart's not working the way that it should. It's an emergency situation. They literally will stop the heart to reset it, to get it to, to back in rhythm, back on pace. And I, I would just maybe submit to us, spiritually speaking, sometimes we have to check our heart, and maybe we need to reset some things, and maybe we need to reexamine some things, and maybe we need to change some things, and maybe we should be different. And that's really what the Beatitudes are about, because we're going to read these things, and we're going to go, What? How does that, even the one we're going to talk about today, we read it and we go, oh, poor in spirit. Jesus, what? And so I want to read the scripture to you. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 1. And um, in just a minute, I, but here's where we get into trouble. Sometimes we build our foundations as followers of Jesus on things that we shouldn't. And we just kind of decorate our house with little Christianese things. Rather than building our foundation on Jesus, on the rock, on the thing that will last when, man, the storms of life come and when life doesn't make sense and when we're frustrated and we're irritated with our spouse and we're upset at the economy and we're wondering how we're going to pay the next bill. And when our foundation, when that's happening, is shaky, wow, our life can be a mess. But when our foundation is Jesus, when we built that foundation on the rock, it makes all the difference in the world. If Christ is in us, his life should flow from us. Don't miss that today. Our heart should be beating at the same pace as the heart of Jesus for the things that matter to him, for the things that he cares about. And so let's go to the, the, the passage. Mike, sorry for jumping around on you. Verse 1, this is what it says. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Let me just set the scene of what's happening here for you really quickly. Sometimes we look at these beatitudes, these statements, these declarations by Jesus. And we think that Jesus was kind of sitting around on the side of a hill in a nice white robe. Just kind of hanging out with his disciples and just kind of giving them these little nuggets. If we want to put it into modern day imagery... He's, he's putting these 140 character tweets out there, and it's just this and this and this and this. And if you've ever been on social media, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or any of the other things that are out there, how many times have you seen someone say, I'm blessed, right? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And they, usually they, they follow that with a picture of them looking really um, good or happy on a vacation or what, what the case may be. Well, Jesus, this is what's happening right now in his ministry. Let's go back a couple verses before Matthew chapter 4. It says, Jesus, in verse 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So we read that and we go, Jesus was really incredibly busy. He had a lot of pressure. He had a lot of stress. His his job was not a 9 to 5 job. People were pressing in on him. They wanted something from him. It goes on, it says this, news about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and then paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So I want to set the scene of what's happening here with the Beatitudes. Jesus is incredibly busy, large crowds are packing in to hear him teach, to watch him heal, to get something from him. And these are people with all different types of ideologies. Democrat, Republican. All different types of skin colors. Different languages. All coming together to hear from Jesus, to see Jesus, and maybe to receive something from Jesus. They all walked to that mountainside where the Beatitudes were taught with different expectations. Maybe they just wanted to see what the fuss was all about. Maybe they needed a miracle in their life. Maybe they needed um, a different perspective on how to live. Maybe they were there because they didn't really buy into Jesus and they just wanted to see what was really going on. Because word had been spread that a revolution was about to go down and that something was different and something was happening. So Jesus, in the middle of a politically, supernaturally charged moment, sits down and begins to say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's not what they thought they were going to hear. That's not what they expected when they gathered around. But I I just want to submit this to us today, that the words of Jesus that we're going to look at throughout this series every week still matter to you and I today and still can make an incredible difference in our life. And so let's look at that first one. And, and you know, I, I'm just going to read it to you. You don't have to see it on the screen. But it just says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
the word that's used for blessed or blessed, and depending on what translation you're using, some translations say happy. If you've ever read that in, in the translation that you're using through the Sermon on the Mount, through the Beatitudes, but the, the, the Greek word for blessed is this word, it's kind of hard to pronounce, I'm going to pronounce it really quick so you, know, you think I know how to pronounce it. It's called makaroi, and here, here's the definition of it. The pronunciation isn't, isn't important, the definition is, of this word blessed. It means to be fully satisfied, and it refers to those receiving God's favor regardless of the circumstances. Well, why does that matter to us? Because we look at this, and we, we see these scriptures, these beatitudes that we're going we're gonna to take time unpacking and looking at our lives. But the, the core of this, world, of this word, blessed, has nothing to do with the circumstances that you or I are living in right now. It doesn't have to do with our circumstances. It has to do with the fact that we've received God's favor regardless of what we're walking through or walking in. That we, we are blessed. See, we have this, this thought sometimes when we read this and when we interact with God that if we will do this, he will bless us. And that's our way of thinking, isn't it? If we follow this, he's going to bless us. If we're good to our neighbor, he's going to bless us. If, if we treat our spouse in the way that we should and we raise our kids right, he's going to bless us. And that's how we think. That's the Western way of thinking. But can I, can I tell you that where this goes is, is, is totally, totally different. And it's this, it's this, this idea and this thought of you are blessed and because of that now do this. Not that we receive blessing when we do something. We're already there. We've already been blessed. We've already been given God's full favor regardless of the circumstances that we're at right now in life. And because of that blessing, because we are blessed, we will act this way. See, it's a different way of thinking. We think, man, God's going to bless me if I do this. And God's like, no, 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 no. I, listen, I, I want you to get these things right. Because you are blessed, because I've poured my favor out on you regardless of your circumstances. Because I've allowed you to be fully satisfied with who I am. Because you, you have received that, would you live this way? And so he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We see that word poor, and then it jumps off the page to us, doesn't it? Because we live in a world where we see the word poor and we think about what's in our bank account or what isn't in our bank account. But blessed are the poor in spirit has nothing to do with our financial situation. It has everything to do with our poverty in the sense of we're in desperate need of a relationship with God. In fact, the words could read it this way. Blessed are those who feel their poverty. We're not talking money. We're not talking finances. We're talking our need for God. Blessed are those who realize that they have a need for a relationship with the God of the universe Blessed are those who are poor in spirit who realize no matter what we do, no matter how good we are, no matter how much rules we follow, we are still poor in spirit until we receive what Jesus has done for us. And when we do that, ours is the kingdom of heaven. Let me just give you three words that get in the way of, of us really um, understanding that we're, we're, 
We're in desperate need of, of God, of a relationship with him. We are poor in spirit, meaning, God, I, I'm, I'm an imperfect human. And I, I make mistakes. I fail as a husband sometimes. I fail as a father sometimes. I, 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 that, that I, I'm an imp- but, God, I am in so desperately in need of you, and you are the only thing that can make my life make sense. You are the only thing that can fully satisfy me. Another relationship won't do it. A number in my bank account won't do it. Another different job title won't do it. A vacation won't do it. God, I I am poor in spirit because I recognize my desperate need for you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Three words that get in the way of, of, of us having that mentality and that thinking. The first one is the word protect. Because what, what do we like to do? We like to protect our, our image a little bit, right? We got it figured out. We know how to do this thing called life. I know how to be a great father and a good husband. I know how to do I, we, we, we We protect. Rather than embracing our status of needing God desperately, we, we protect it. I, I always kind of laugh. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty as well. Social media is an interesting thing. Um, it's an interesting tool. It's not good or bad. It's a tool. It can be used for, for whatever. But um, you guys have experienced this. You go to your friend's page. You go to their account. You, they come on your timeline. P- people only put pictures up of their success, right, of a happy vacation, of a happy life, of a happy family, of, of all those things. And we follow them because we want to see what's happening in their life. And it, listen, it can be a great way to keep track of old-time friends. But I bet you there's not a social media account that you follow that just puts up all the awful things that happen in life, is there? Right? We don't track. The, I'm going to follow them because they just put up all the junk in their life. No, but sometimes in, in order to protect how people look at us and what they think about us, we don't really recognize our need of God. Our desperate need to have relationship with him. And so protection gets in the way. Another thing that can get in the way really easily from this attitude of being poor in spirit is the word possess. It's possessions, it's things, it's stuff. Um, And it's really not about us having things because there's nothing wrong with having things or having stuff or making money. But God wants us to live with this open-handedness, right? This generosity that just kind of pours out of us because he's been so incredibly generous to us. By sending Jesus to die for our sins, we want to be generous. He modeled generosity in a way that none of us could but we want to follow his example and be incredibly generous, open-handed people. But sometimes possessions cause us to do this. I can't let this out. I can't let this out. What if this gets away? And because we have some things, because we have a comfortable life, because we're not maybe looking for where our next meal is going to come from, Because we can take a vacation with our family when the opportunity arises. And none of these things are bad. But because we can do these things, sometimes we don't recognize that we're in desperate need of God because we think we have it all taken care of. And Jesus just simply says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who have an understanding of their desperate need for a relationship with God. So we have protection, we have possessed, and the last P is, is prove. 
um, and, and I'm guilty of this one probably more than the other two. We live most of our lives from a really young age trying to gain the approval of other people. We're taught that as kids. Think about it. If you do this, I'm going to give you something. If you, you know, we, we learn it in school, we learn it in home, and, and, and so we're wired to live most of our lives for the approval of others. But there's this line that we cross when we live our lives for those things more than for anyone or anything else. Being poor in spirit just says, you know what? I don't have to prove it to anyone because if there was anyone that I would need to prove it to, it would be God in heaven. But he's already made a way for me to come to him in a relationship through what Jesus did on the cross. He's already made a way for my sins to be taken care of. He's, he's paid the penalty for my mistakes. And so we have really one of two options. We can be proud in spirit or we can be poor in spirit. And I hate to say what I'm about to say next. <laughs> because it's quiet in here. Unfortunately, and I'm not talking about here. So just unfortunately, I've seen a lot more church people be proud in spirit than poor in spirit. We become proud of what we do, of how we serve, of who we are. And somewhere along the line, we miss the understanding and the mentality that says, God, I'm, I'm desperately in need of a relationship with you. I, I'm poor in spirit. My, my, my spiritual bank account could never pay for the cost of sin. We can be proud in spirit, or we can be poor in spirit. And listen... It's, it's not so much a mentality that says, woe is me. Because you've been around people like that, haven't you, in your life? That just, they walk through life going, woe is me, woe is me. That's not a way to live. That's not a, a God-honoring way to live. But it's living with a clear understanding of, I can work really, really hard. I can follow the Ten Commandments. I can be the best neighbor, the best family member that I can be. But I will never, ever, 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 ever be able to win my way to God, to work my way to God, to li live my way. To, that I, I, I'm, I have this need in my life that I, I can't fulfill. I can't meet it. And for some of us, and I'll pick on the men for a minute, for some of us in this room, that's really hard because we're wired to meet needs. We're wired to take care of things. For our family, for ourselves, for our friends, for whoever. We're, we're wired that way. And, and Jesus just simply says to a huge crowd of people with different skin colors, with different bank accounts, with different expectations. He just simply says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize and recognize their need for God. And do something about it. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So why is this such a big deal? One of the things that makes this, this beatitude so incredible is what we sang about just 25 minutes ago. 
God, you've been faithful then, and you're going to be faithful now. You've been faithful in the past, and I don't get my circumstances. Because remember, blessing is not about circumstances. Blessing that Jesus talked about here is all about you've been given and you've received the favor of God regardless of what you're walking through right now. God, you've been faithful then, and you're going to be faithful now, and your faithfulness is going to be in the future. Because Jesus Christ, according to what Hebrews says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you cannot enter the kingdom of God when you're trying to be the king of your own kingdom. It doesn't work that way. God's kingdom isn't set up that way. His kingdom simply set up, meaning that, 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 that we are all equal in front of the cross. No matter the title we have, no matter what we've done, no matter how much we've made, no matter where we've lived, no matter... We, we don't enter God's kingdom trying to be the king of our own. And so, I just want to ask you this question and then we're going to pray together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's about change. It's about living our lives in a different way. And this attitude, this mentality that, that just simply says, God, I recognize every single day. I recognize my need, my desperate need for you. No matter how well life is going, no matter what challenge I'm facing, no matter what battle is going on in my life, God, I recognize my need for you and that you are the only one that can meet this need. Because I'm poor in this area of my life and it can only be taken care of by you. And so the question we just simply ask ourselves is, is not what behaviors are we changing or stopping or doing, but it's, it's what, who are we becoming what change is happening in us? How are we different than six months ago or three years ago when we were following Christ? Then are we different then than we are now? Are we becoming the men and the women that God desires so desperately for us to be? And if we are, I would just submit to you that it's because we have this understanding of because we've been given this incredible favor of God, that doesn't have anything to do with our circumstances. Because a lot of times we think about blessing and circumstances. I'm blessed because I have this. I'm blessed because of this relationship. And it, it's not about the circumstances. We're blessed. And because of God's favor on our lives, we're going to live this way. So close your eyes with me right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for your words of life that are throughout the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And God, we're going we're gonna to do our best um, through your Holy Spirit working inside of us and speaking to us. We're going to do our best to, to understand how these things can apply to our life and how we can take them and use them. And God, the starting point for all of this, it was the very first beatitude that you started with, and that was not by accident, that was on purpose. You just simply told us that, hey, if we would be, we, because we are blessed, if we would be poor in spirit, we would understand our, our need 
for you. That we have this thing in our life that we can't take care of. We have this deficiency that we, that we can't manufacture our way out of. We can't earn our way out of. We can't work our way out of. It's this, this, this thought of, God, I am in desperate need of a relationship with you because I, I can't do this thing on my own. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I, I, I pray that you would help us remember that. God, that we would live our lives in a way that would, um, that would just shout that out to the people that we see. And, and it's not that we're going to walk around going, well, I'm, I'm no good and I'm, I'm worthless. And I, that, that's not the attitude at all. It's that the attitude is that there's a God in heaven that loves me so much that he's taking care of the very thing I could never take care of on my own. He has such plans for my life. My days are ordered. My steps are ordered. He, he has that for me, and because he loves me so much, he's taken care of my being poor in spirit through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for all of us because our sins have kept us from God. Our sins have kept us poor in spirit. But Jesus made a way for us to have fellowship and relationship and communion with God. The God of the universe. The God that spoke things into existence. Took him six days. We don't know if that's six days like we measure days because the days and hours and years are different in God's time frame. But we know he, 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 he did all that and he wants relationship with us. Jesus, thank you for that. God, thank you for that. Would we remember, would we recognize, would we never buy into the lie that says we can handle all this stuff on our own? God, we desperately need you. Help us to keep that attitude and that posture towards you. And God, we thank you for the blessing that we receive. And that it's not because we've done something for you. you you've blessed us, and now because we've been blessed, we now live it out in this way. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, we pray together and say amen. And just keep your eyes closed with me for one more minute. I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. But you might be here today and, and you, you recognize what we talked about. And you recognize your need for God. And, and you have not made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. Today could be your day to do that. And so um, we're going to pray together. And, and I'm just going to ask you this. If you're here today and you just would be honest enough to say, that is me. I've tried, I've tried to do this thing called life on my own. I've tried to be good enough on my own, and it doesn't really work. And I recognize that. I recognize my need for God. And I want to commit my life to him today in this moment right here on Labor Day weekend 2023. And if that's you, I, I want you just to lift your hand up. We're going to pray together. I don't want to miss anyone here today that says, man, I, 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 I see it. I realize it. I need it. If that's where you're at today, I, you just pray this prayer. You make these words your own. The Bible just simply says this, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. And that's what you're going to do right now in this moment. Just make these words your own. God, I come to you right now and I admit that I've sinned. Jesus, thank you for the forgiveness and the grace that you purchased by dying on a cross in my place for my sins. And I'm turning my life over to you right now. And I'm going to live for you from this moment on. And my life is going to be different because of what you've done for me and in me. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we want to know that. We want to help you take some next steps, some first steps in following Jesus. Uh, the best way you can communicate with us, you can email, you can use Loop to do that. You can grab me when we dismiss here in just a minute. But right now, in, in a, just in a, keeping reverent, would you just stand to your feet? And uh, we're going to declare what we declared 30, 35 minutes ago in worship. And as a reminder that, that it's okay to be poor in spirit because that's the way that we get to meet Jesus and his faithfulness is, is for us every single moment of the day. What he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future with. Let's declare that and sing that together as the team leads us this morning. Amen. I love how you said you're a spiritual bank account. That just stuck right there. Like You can't make a payment if you don't have anything in the bank. You have to fill that spiritual bank account. There's only one way to do it. We're going to start with the second verse. I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your word. I'm calling heaven down to earth. You will fight my enemies, and this will end in victory. I will believe it. I will believe it. Cause you make, you make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. my doubt you were faithful then you'll be faithful now yes you were faithful then you'll be faithful now cause I know that I know you never fail yes I know that I know you never
know that I know. I know that I know I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You are faithful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, have a wonderful three-day weekend. I hope uh, everyone stays safe. And uh, if you're going to barbecue any ribs, I'll give you my cell phone. Um, go ahead and meet me over here. And uh, thank you. <laughs>